Hey everybody, this is Podcast Didi. Today we're going to talk about Almanac of the Dead and how Leslie Marmon Silco challenges the conventional idea of a map in her narrative by illustrating how stories are also a form of map. After reading the novel and revisiting the map depicted at the beginning of the novel with arrows leading to Tucson, readers learn that there are different ways to show direction. By following various stories, readers are led to Tucson just as effectively as the arrows on a physical map. Using form to support her themes, Silco disorients the readers through a compilation of stories that blend together while communicating the power of stories in themselves and as cultural and historical maps. All the while, Silco argues for an increased use of oral literature. Delivering a podcast today will give me the opportunity to be the narrator, the storyteller, and communicate the powers of maps in a way a flat map never could. Had the podcast been available to Silco, I'm sure she would have made use of it. Although I will never be able to capture the sense of life this almanac provides to readers through these stories, by performing passages from this book, I hope to capture the organic, live quality and fullness of language that the almanac brought me when reading it. Reading these stories allows readers to hear Silco's intended distinction between voices and the separation between past, present, and future through verb tense. I am also delivering my map in the form of a podcast because Silco's book, although written literature, argues for an increased use of oral literature as the characters in the compilation tell stories to one another. Even before people knew how to write, they knew how to tell stories to make use of different sounds and voices. It is this voice Silco wants us to use in order to make reading and telling stories an event and communal experience. Just look at the cover, uh, the quote by Maxine Hong Kingston. To read this book is to hear the voices of the ancestors and spirits telling us where we came from, who we are, and where we must go. The first passage I have selected to recite comes from fragments of the ancient almanac and will allow readers to hear the distinction between voices. The month was created first before the world. Then the month began to walk himself and his grandmothers and aunt and his in-laws said, what do we say when we see a man in the road? There were no humans yet, so they discussed what they would say as they walked along. They found footprints when they arrived in the east who pass by here? Look at these footprints. Measure them with your foot. The mother creator said this to the month who measured the footprint. The footprint belonged to Lord God. That was the beginning for month because he had to measure the whole world by walking it off day by day. Month made sure his feet were even before he began the count. Month spoke day's name when day had no shame. So the month was created, then the day, as it was called, was created, and the rain stairway to the earth, the rocks and the trees, all creatures of the sea and land were created. The month and the world are characters who come alive when I read this creation story. Just reading from text to quoted statements establishes a distinction between the narrator and the characters. The narrator is a character, but as we read the almanac, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the text that we forget that the narrator's voice is different from the characters the narrator describes. In another excerpt, listeners will note how transitions in verb tenses can help a person navigate through different spaces of time and use oral literature as a map. 
dead dog traveled to the land of the dead where the god of death gave him the bone the human race was created with. Scorpion uses his tail as a noose to lasso deer. Scorpion is a good hunter. He has a net bag in which he carries his fire driller and fire sticks. The sign of the human hand equals two. The hand that holds the hilt of the dagger is plunged into the lower body of the deer. Those cursed with anguish and the despairers all were born during the five nameless days. On the five nameless days, people stay in bed and fast and confess sins. Black Zip whistles a warning. He is the deer god. In the year 10 sky, the principal ruler is Venus. Big Star is a drunkard, a deformed dog with the head of a jaguar and the hind end of a dog with a purple dick. He staggers like Rabbit, who also is a drunkard. Nasty, arrogant liar! Troublemaker and experimenter in mutual hate and torture. The passage I just read is an archive for the creation story. Through the story, we are brought back to the past. We relive it. We are given symbols like a physical map. For example, the sign of the human hand equals two. We also are able to see the past in a way that is only achieved if we relive the past. We are able to see the hand holding the dagger into the deer because of the present tense Silco chooses to use. Although the creation story is an experience of the past, hearing the story in the present makes it relevant to us. The last paragraph in the passage speaks about Big Star. The text transitions in the last two sentences with nasty, arrogant liar, troublemaker, and experimenter in mutual hate and torture. Hearing the passage, we realize that Big Star is a character and an active participant of this story. I believe it is his voice speaking in the last two sentences. He is expressing his frustration at the rabbit through the narrator that is reading his story. Reading the stories makes the time period more apparent. The stories do not just show the final destination, where the arrows lead. They depict a journey. Another passage from the creation story states, A time of dissolution. Priests were called from distant towns. Acolytes were seen carrying baskets full of small mummified creatures, lizards, toads, wrens, desert mice. Four years had seen grasshoppers devour bean and corn seedlings. Torrential rains that came too late had caved in roofs of empty granaries and storerooms. Priests sprinkled corn pollen and meal and bits of coral and turquoise on the stone snake's forehead. They whispered to the stone snake, leaning close so no one may see their lips. Inside the cloudy opal, four years of grasshoppers devour bean and corn seedlings. Torrential rains arrived too late and caved in roofs of empty granaries and storerooms. Any children still alive were sent away with great sorrow. Reading this passage, the switches from past to present also become ostensive. Acolytes were seen carrying baskets full of small mummified creatures, and then pre-sprinkle corn pollen. Although the priests are not quoted speaking, reading this passage enables people to hear their voices as they whisper to the stone snake. The reading even enables the torrential rains to be heard. The oral reading makes the creation story an experience rather than a recitation. Moreover, repetition becomes more apparent from an oral reading. The slightest differences in phrases communicate a different meaning in each part of the passage. 
For example, in this section, the first paragraph says, four years had seen grasshoppers devour bean and corn seedlings. The third paragraph says, four years of grasshoppers devour, making it seem like the grasshoppers are the ones acting. The first paragraph, four years had seen grasshoppers, makes this event seem like it occurred in the past and gives the years the action. In the last paragraph in this section from the Ancient Almanac, the rhythmic quality of the stories become apparent after reading. For example, One day a story will arrive in your town. There will always be disagreement over direction, whether the story came from the southwest or the southeast. The story may arrive with a stranger, a traveler thrown out of his home country months ago. Or the story may be brought by an old friend, perhaps the parrot trader. But after you hear the story, you and the others prepare by the new moon to rise up against the slave masters. An oral reading makes Silco's pauses more apparent. For example, there will always be disagreement over direction, whether the story came from the southwest or the southeast. Hearing the sentences also draws attention to their fluid qualities. Words and phrases are repeated and flow into the next sentence. Will repeats itself in the first and second sentences. Arrive and always make the same vowel sound. The following two sentences repeat the phrase, the story may. It is as if the narrator is navigating through her his own work to find direction, to find where the map is leading. Within the sentences themselves, there is repetition of sounds such as be brought by and southwest and southeast. Reading the passage out loud gives each word the fullness it deserves and allows us to appreciate Silco's fascination with words. The passage ends confidently with an address to you and the others. The entire passage had been relatively passive up to this point. In the last sentence, however, Silco reinforces the power in stories and the power one can derive from stories to resist oppression. With each sentence, the passage gradually moves from present to future. The final and longest sentence gives responsibility to the audience. An experienced source, the narrator, is communicating what he or she knows, but after a person hears the story, that person has the responsibility to continue a legacy. The active form of the sentence reinforces the action the listeners are challenged to take and establishes a relationship between the reader and the text. It doesn't matter where the journey began or where the story came from. What is most important is where the story will take you. If you listen to the stories, they will tell you something. They will guide you in a way a physical map never could. The stories within the almanac, like maps, are archives that travel through spaces and time to communicate direction, location, names, and historical facts, functions of the traditional physical map as well. Silco seems to be arguing in favor of oral literature as it is more accessible. Who doesn't like listening to a good story? I hope all you listeners out there had as much fun listening to this podcast as I did recording it. Until next time. Come on.